Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Atalan Rising podcast, where today myself and Lynn are going to talk about House of X issue 3 and Powers of X issue 3, um, which have both been quite interesting. Um, how are you, Lynn? I am so confused. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's pretty much the gist of it. I think we we still have literally no information, but lots of information. I I I just don't. Oh, I'm so confused. The, the the more we figure out, the more he throws at us. Yeah, I mean, I I spent a lot of time last night just trying to go through uh, all of the issues up to now and just kind of try and make sense of each of the timelines. And I I think I went to bed more confused than I did reading the book. Like. <laughs> Like, there were just so many more questions, and I, I don't know how, how they're going to get answered in the next three issues, or six issues, three issues of each. Yeah, so so how did you find it? I mean, we've kind of been chatting briefly off offline, or, or <laughs> not on the podcast. How have you really, you know, got on with the books? Well, they're they're fantastic. I have nothing I've ever read a, ever read a comic that's uh, made me think quite so hard. It made me work like these six issues have. Yeah, yeah. One of the I've just been uh, looking on Reddit uh, on the House of X, well, the, the X Men sort of side of things on Reddit. And um, one of the nicest comments I think I saw was actually that Hickman's X Men are not just improving X Men; they're improving the whole comics community because literally everybody's in the same boat. They just have no idea what's going on. <laughs> It's just, yeah, so many people are just trying to work it out. There's so many theories going around. It's just kind of, you know, I've got to the point now where I don't believe that it's 616 Marvel, but I still believe that our theory from our first kind of run through House of X and Powers of X 1 could still be correct. because it, it, it still holds. Yes. Yeah, it still holds. But then again, there's been no kind of absolute proof for anything. So <laughs> any theory we come up with could be, could be correct. Now we, uh, I think one of the big missing pieces we have here is where is Moira in yeah. Life 10? Yeah. Where'd she go? So I thought, interestingly, the first thing to mention, if we go through Powers of X3, I believe that was the, the one that came out earliest. So the interesting thing is it opens up with the humans kind of showing that um, uh, Ascension is actually good for them. Uh, and I find it quite quite interesting that Ascension for the humans in year 100 actually becomes the same goal as as for the mutants in year a thousand um which was surprising i thought because i thought it, like, it, the, yeah, uh, it doesn't seem like that great of an idea no and but but yeah it seems to be yeah, that, we, that nimrod and the little blue guy seem to think it's a yeah. it's a it's a better idea than before but then you know again we we don't really have a great deal of context for that <laughs> And it's just like, it's just so baffling. I don't get it. So we've got the, the kind of the new X-Men, the X-Men of year, uh, year a hundred. They turn up and we finally have confirmation on who the, uh, the red guy is, who's, who he's made up of. And I'm, I'm so disappointed that we didn't figure that out. Yeah. So it's, it's Kurt. It's, I mean, um, there's a character whose nickname is literally red and, and a guy who's covered in fur. Yeah. We, we, we kind of missed on that one, but. I did quite Who is like Freeman though. Ajax is a mutant. He was introduced in Deadpool issue fourteen in nineteen ninety eight. Really? So it's um uh, he's called Francis Freeman, aka Ajax or Abyssman. So I would I would guess that's that's where he comes from. Which it seems an interesting interesting character to use. Yeah. And then you've got Rasputin, which is obviously I think we've seen this before. Combination of Quentin mm-hmm. Quire, uh, Peter Rasputin, Bane, Pride, Kinney. Um, Third gen mutant, uh, good third gen chimera. Yep. Silabel being a hound, and then Percival being Emmanuel Cortez, uh, which is a pure blood, which I thought was quite cool. Mm-hmm. Which suggests that they have just been, you know, they're a, a 
you know, a bred mutant. Um, and then pest- uh, pestilence being a combination of uh, Lorna Dane and Emma Frost. That was a surprise. Yes. We probably should have seen that coming because it's that the, the, all the green and then all of the, the white. Mm-hmm. These characters are really cool. I quite quite enjoy those. Um, and Wolverine's still Wolverine. But interestingly enough, there's only two purebloods on that team as well, but I assume that the rest have probably got killed at some point in the past. Or died um, of old age. Yes. I mean, this is... We are assuming... That this is a hundred years after House, well, not House of X, but it's a hundred years later because it is obviously in the future. It's a hundred years since Nimrod and Karima took over. However, here's a question: so Nimrod and Karima are both quite important to both stories, and I've only just thought about this. Does that mean that effectively they're getting up to a point where the timeline will shift in House of X? Shift to what? Well, or branch off, or kind of like split, hmm. because it seems very strange that they're both. Life 9 and Life 10. It, okay. Yeah, they're getting ready to build Nimrod in Life 10. And she is in Life 10. Yep. Mm. So. Chris, they did establish earlier that the uh, the AIs are inevitable. No matter what you do, they're going to show up. So, I mean, obviously that's kind of suggesting that Nimrod is, you know, inevitable in every single timeline. Yep. But we've established, obviously, uh, Life 10 is House of X, is the House of X timeline. It just, I just, I find it very difficult to follow these now because I'm kind of like thinking many different things. You know, last night I was talking about how is Timeline 10 actually 616. I think at this point I'm kind of leaning away from that. I think from my notes, my biggest issue is just the fact that the timeline doesn't seem to completely add up to the 616. Lots of people have suggested that, like, the, you know, the Xavier and Magneto kind of truce kind of came about quite early on in the timeline. Actually, that doesn't, it's not that early according to the timeline. It's like year 47 for, for Moira. So it's, it's uh, kind of. Year 47, which timeline are we talking about? Year 10? Yes, year t- yeah, life 10, yeah. The schism is in year 47. Let me pull the- now I have to reference two timelines because it's gotten so long. So year 43. I, I, I do like that he uses the break length indicator. Yes. He, he just assumes that you can read a technical diagram. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for us, for us, I think we, we can we can do that, but... It's quite an interesting. It's quite an interesting design, put it that way. Being engineers, we're quite common. We're you know quite familiar with that. But no, it's kind of like Year Forty Three, Moira and Xavier yep. recruit Magneto. Then Year Forty Seven, there's a schism. But the schism is the one where I am kind of like questioning. But then again, that could well be you know it could just be the fact that it's where Magneto went off to build Genosha. Yep. Um, you know that that could be it, I guess. But there's still the fact that Life 6 is still missing, and that still frustrates me, and I don't understand it, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> uh, maybe she took a vacation, Adam. <laughs> I, I somehow uh-huh. I somehow don't think so. She's going to use that one for, for herself. <laughs> yeah, somehow somehow I'm kind of like, well, actually, probably not. But <laughs> there's, I think there's probably something in there that we're not supposed to see yet exactly and he's kind of i think once we see that everything is going to come into place because i I think that you know you never know maybe six is the 616 and it's kind of predicting the lives going forward you never know because we know that moira is the variable in all of them so we we know what she did before so in theory there could be some kind of some kind of prediction model that's predicting the next four or five lives speaking of which Let's see. Let me refer to my notes here. How, how big is your wall of notes got now? I'm going to need a bigger room. <laughs> I'm running out of space, Adam. Oh dear. Yeah, you have to. Uh, you have to take it downstairs and put it on on you know your TV. I have to go to the basement. There is in Powers of Three, not Powers of Three, Powers of Ten. Issue I'm looking three. at Powers of X Issue Three. 
Yep. Powers of X issue three. One of the lines of code is the end of her ninth life. So I'm really still thinking that at some point in 10, she has been downloaded. Her information's been downloaded into Cerebro. Yeah, and that's kind of why I'm I'm very uh, I'm just a bit. This is why I don't think the the six one six has been mentioned yet because it makes me wonder if because we we know that Life Four is more or less a Days of Future Past esque uh, timeline. We know that Life Five is a you know when they when she tries to take out the the Trask timeline you know that bloodline. Life Six we know nothing about because maybe that's still going on, and maybe Life Seven, Eight, and Nine, Seven, Eight, Nine, and Ten are predictive models but even then that doesn't explain an awful lot because we just don't have context for it yeah and also something that stumped me last night is is what does x0 x1 year one year 10 actually mean because like we mentioned earlier the the start of powers of x1 i want to say uh where moira and xavier actually meet and where they go through flashbacks of moira's different lives is stated as being x0 the x-men year one however later in the issue it's clearly some time has passed it's still referenced as um, the timeline is still referenced as year you know x x zero year one. Uh, I believe that's in Powers of X two. See, flipping through. Yes, Powers of X two. It starts with Moira and Charles going to go see Magneto. Yeah, which is uh, X zero the X Men year one. It's just kind of trying to tie these things together. It's just like trying to pick at straws. Really, it's just yeah. Unless X zero X one. X2 and X3 are time periods, not specific years. Potentially. But then again, we also know that at the start of Powers of X issue 1, you had X0 uh, detailed as Charles Xavier, the dream. X1, the X-Men, the world, which, again, kind of leads me to thinking that it could be in the world, (laughs) funnily enough. And then year 100, the war, and then year 1000, Ascension. The war we know is the, the kind of like the human machine war. Um, and then Ascension, yep. we obviously know, is now the where the phalanx comes and eats everyone. Still, no context for anything. <laughs> <laughs> the other theory that I had is that potentially Life 6 might not have actually happened yet. And that's because, in theory, you, you could you could kind of suggest that they're all listed in like the multiverse order. So, you know, Life 1 is Earth 1. Life 2 is Earth 20. Life 3 is Earth, you know, 45 or whatever. And it goes in order that way. And then... Life six could be somewhere in the middle of being life six one uh, Earth six one six. I wonder if he's kind of plotted it out that way because in theory all of her different lives are happening at the same time as a part of a multiverse. But again, I I, I could well be pr- uh, proved wrong for that one because why it hasn't happened yet doesn't it just become life ten? Well, yeah, exactly, and that's that's kind of what stumps me a little bit. But we don't know how Hickman's uh, mind works. No, we should become psychologists. <laughs> so- <laughs> Just get him on the get him on the show and be like, so what's your thought process behind this? But should we should we have a quick like go through of the different books and just kind of go through what actually happened? Yes. Powers of X uh, more or less confirmed that everything that happens in the future with kind of Silent Bell, the whether well, the, you know the the, the X Men of the year one hundred, it basically says that that is the end of Moira's ninth life. So they kind of go in, they're getting a lot of inf- they're getting some information out of. Um, apocalypse and from him they managed to give it to moira and then wolverine then kills moira so they're starting her 10th life what we don't know is kind of like the the way that works so we don't know if she's actually just restarted her timeline or if she is starting a new part of the multiverse i think that that will be quite crucial uh, but, yeah let's see um 
So her ninth life ends, but it still seems like X3 is a continuation of that timeline. You know, it's kind of like, huh? Because if every one of these lives is creating an alternate timeline, she's making a mess. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it might. So I mentioned this before we started before we started the episode, but it's almost like what Kitty Pride did in Days of Future Past, where she kind of sends her consciousness back, and then she can make the changes, but. Ultimately, it doesn't change the future in which she came from, but obviously the difference is that Moira is reborn and therefore can actually, her future does change. But it just seems like she's gathering all this information for an ideal timeline, but it's kind of like, well, Life 10 is a, is an awful long way off from actually making those changes. You know, you, you've gone through nine lives of just seeing people murdered by killing machines and all that kind of stuff. And then she gets to Life 10 and she's like, I'm actually going to make a difference in this one, in which... For the first, arguably, for the first 50 years of her life, she doesn't. <laughs> Let's be honest. This time, though, she's got a lot more information. That's true. She's been in, in stasis for a long time. And she's able, been able to feed, they've, they've been able to feed her that information. I'm just kind of thinking what that information could be. Well, in that timeline, the ninth life, Sinister defected to the humans and the machines. He probably took all his information with him. So that would be, that could be included. And what she got. Yeah, because it's referenced in um, in House of X. No, not House of X. In, in Powers of X, at the, uh, Powers of Ten at the end. It's referenced by the little blue guy that Nimrod created a, um, like a, you know, a database of all the different mutant kind, people of mutant kind. Is that, is yeah. that, I think, is that Powers of X? That's Powers of X, issue two. So it's the fact that it's a year 1000 and the fact that uh, Nimrod created that. You know, create that database. Where does House of X, where does where does the Year One Thousand come into it? Is that all a part of her ninth life as well? I think it is. Yeah, we have all the same characters showing up, and actually, back in House of X One, no, sorry, Powers of Ten, number one, we've got Silabel telling Nemrod, "If it takes a thousand years, I swear we will endure and erase you from existence." Really starts to confuse things. Confuse things now. Because <laughs> I, I think the the little, little Nimrod is the AI that Nimrod made. Yeah. That would make sense. Um, it, it just this is just where it starts to 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 get confusing because the little blue guy has clearly got a cerebro a cerebro helmet. Um, mm-hmm. he's got the X on, and Silabel is clearly still there at the end of Powers of X issue one. So I'm so confused about the little blue guy. I I, I reckon he's like some sort of descendant of Xavier, to be honest with you. So now Nimrod's with the mutants. Yeah, and we've got a human zoo. But then again, Nimrod would um, potentially defect to those who he knew would win the war. That's true. So, you know, you you, you know that the, the mutants ultimately won because the humans are now in a little zoo. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we also know that mutants as a as a species kind of went to Shi'ar space. They went to Shandalar, yep. they went to Benevolence, they went to Asteroid K, even though Asteroid K only has eight mutants on. Um, again, interesting, because obviously Krakoa cannot see uh, Moira. Yep. So it has a population of eight. Uh, I guess, does, does Apocalypse count as a mutant? Or would he count as an, an eternal, uh, external even? I think, I think he counts. Because uh, th- there would be nine on Asteroid K. Yeah. Uh, well, ten technically, if you include uh, include Moira, but it's all it's also confusing. It's also weird. <laughs> and then you have Ascension by the Future Blue people. It's like, where are we going with this? And it almost feels like um, it almost feels like he's trying to tie it in with uh, kind of like with the, uh, the Avengers stuff. Then again, I, I I can't see completely how it would 
if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. it kind of ties in because obviously Ultron became the it became an Ultron world and that kind of stuff. But I just find this very strange. I guess oh, yeah, some of it do does tie back to the I forget which issue it's in, but Moyer asks who decides what's good and what's evil. Oh, Magneto's like you know, yeah, you me, do, yeah. I do. But um, you know, who decided that it was this was a great idea to become part of the Phalanx? Well, yeah, exactly. I, I, I guess we're going to find out. How do you out. get there? How do you get to that point where you're like, yeah, yeah, let's just get, I'll get absorbed into this giant consciousness and go around eating other planets and civilizations. That, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> uh, it's just the fact they, they built the world mind as well to like, it was a quite a nice, um, uh, like benevolent sort of idea to build a world mind so they communicate with like just nice alien races and that kind of stuff and, and then it just went totally wrong the mutants were like eat this eat this <laughs> so <laughs> failing speed so uh another so going going back to sort of the run through of the different books so house of x3 was quite an interesting one and it's definitely setting up house of x4 which i believe is the next issue out uh on wednesday yeah that's the one that is that breaks the pattern yes yeah. yeah, well, I think we've had two Powers of X, then we have two Houses of X. Yes, two, and uh, House of X three being the one that ends on the cliffhanger. Basically, so so the the the, the main gist of the story is that uh, Cyclops, Cyclops, Husk, Archangel, Monet, Mystique, Jean Grey, Wolverine go on a basically what is a suicide mission to the Orcus Forge, which is also was it Souls uh, Souls Hammer. Yes. They got a suicide mission to this and basically try and take it out before uh, the mother mold can actually be activated. And we don't know if they succeed or not because uh, Nightcrawler goes in a pretty surgical strike. He knows exactly what he's looking for. And it appears that he takes it out, but we don't know because the, the ship is seemingly blown up before we actually get any confirmation on that. Uh, but I think the idea is to sort of, they, they were going to blow it up before they got taken out. Now, none of these guys seem to be really that upset that it was a suicide mission. Uh, <laughs> which again, it's kind of like you know, Cyclops says you know they understand both the stakes and the risk. They understand and embrace it. It just kind of feels like they are gonna come back. Yeah, um, oh, Warren didn't seem too cool with it. But it's well, it's what, al- why no plants? It's also it's also the um the comment by Magneto as well, where he says, for, for the righteous can never truly die, they live on, transformed into something immortal by their mighty works. Um, for if you die, then you would have been, then you'd have to be forgotten. Again, I uh, think there's... I think that might actually have something to do with the fact that he was grown in a pod. Yes, and that's, that's kind of and what I was they trying could to get just at. grow a, they, they can just grow another one. Yeah, and it feels very odd. <laughs> I think that's basically how we're going to sum up, I think it's how we've summed up the last you know, last two issues on uh, last two episodes on these two books. It's just kind of like was, wasn't it House of X? They said was going to have one line of dialogue that's going to break our hearts. Yeah, and that's going to be an issue four by the looks of it. Which is, I, I can't really work out exactly what that's likely to be at this point. I, I, I would be very surprised if it is actually going to break our hearts. But and also, you have the little side story of uh, Emma Frost and the Cuckoos breaking Sabretooth out of uh, the Supermax or out of the judge the judging room. Yeah, uh, and the fact that Emma Frost wears jasmine uh, perfume is smelly. <laughs> I would, I, I would have thought that she'd have better taste than that. Well, yeah, yeah, I, w- I would too. It's, it's very cloying. It's, you know, it's very, you don't know. It's, it's very, a very sweet, strong smell. Yeah, it's not, it's not overly pleasant. It's a bit overpowering. So now there's going to be a whole bunch of cosplayers who smell like jasmine running around. Yeah, exuding that big dick energy. <laughs> um. 
You know, I find it funny that, I mean, when you've read the cuckoos in the past, would you read them as American or would you read them as British? Just as a, I guess it all depends on the, uh, the writer. Yeah, because it seems like, um, it seems like Hickman's playing them off as like having British accents. Doesn't Emma kind of fake a English accent? I think so, but it's also the fact that one of the cuckoos refers to as mum, not mom. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, mum is very, very much a British way of saying mum. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also the fact that five, uh, four cuckoos exist in this, in this, uh, in this book. Again, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the X line has been specifically tailored over the past year or so to set up this book, because obviously we saw an X twenty three. They tried to raise one of the cuckoos from the dead. I haven't finished that mm-hmm. book, so I, I don't quite know what the outcome was. Because there, there was some stuff redacted, I think, in the. Director's cut yeah. around the cuckoos. That definitely was, yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously in House of X3, we also have Karima and the, you know, the establishment of Will Become Nimrod. So I assume that this is kind of the point. Now, what I was mentioned earlier about, you know, the, the timeline splitting, I would assume that this is the mm-hmm. point in which the timeline would have become, you know, the ninth life. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just trying to get rid of that in the tenth one. So. Yeah. <laughs> And speaking of Karima, the Omega cycle does not sound very pleasant. Yeah, that sounds a bit. Was it infection, nesting, replication, dormancy, activation, union, ad- ad- adaptation, and Omega? Yeah, it yeah, doesn't sound very pleasant at all. The uh, the union part in particular, where the the human host becomes aware of the combined consciousness of it and the sentinel directives it has been infected with. Yeah, this is almost a prolong- This is almost a prolonged process that mirrors those recovering from trauma. That doesn't sound pleasant pleasant at all. <laughs> I wonder where Karima is in this process. I think I think the idea that she is uh, Omega, isn't she? Is she currently Omega? I think so. Cause she's known as the Omega Sentinel, isn't she? Okay. Okay. Yeah, this. Other than that, I, what else can we say about this book? I mean, they get exploded, <laughs> and we don't know if they survive. <laughs> <laughs> it was the least complicated of any of them. Yeah, I mean this is this is quite a direct sort of other than the you know the side story of um Emma Frost because we don't know what purpose the Sabretooth is actually going to play in this. Um yeah. but otherwise we it, it's a very simple straightforward story and that's kind of a bit unnerving in itself because it's <laughs> like well what's going on? I mean the team's great. I really I really enjoyed the X-Men team that's been used. Scott Wolverine, mm-hmm. Jean Grey, Monet, Husband. Nightcrawler, my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah, he is on the cover. Um, I am going through the cover, but for some reason didn't spot him. I need to get my eyes checked, apparently. What do you reckon is going to come next? Oh, I have no clue. I, I, I did like uh, Karima's little comment, though, of who needs an AI that's a potential sociopath? <laughs> <laughs> L- look out, guys. Yeah, look out. What the the big pink guy's gonna they're gonna come by soon. But I, I I I just don't know where this book is going. I think we're halfway through. We we don't have we have lots of different puzzle pieces. But we're kind of missing the crucial ones. Yeah. It's kind of like doing a doing a puzzle or jigsaw puzzle with like half of the pieces at the moment. It's like a thousand pieces, and we've only got like ten of them. You know, I I went through the House of X and Powers of X timeline last night just to see if there was any way of actually making sense of it. The only thing I could kind of come up with was the fact that X Zero, X One, X Two, X Three could potentially be different timelines in themselves. I think we quickly sort of set up put the you know put the stop on that one because it wouldn't make sense i just think the graphic design again is brilliant no, even looking is. at the timelines you know when you have to go back and reread everything every time you get a new issue yeah again yeah. uh powers of 10 we've got the timeline diagram 
and only life nine and ten are in color. Which um Which threw me yeah. initially. But then you go back and you realize, okay, well this issue only deals with life nine and life ten. Yeah. And it's the end of life nine and halfway through life ten. Therefore, so it only we, shows... we get the we get the dot for yeah. the end of life nine. And then if we go back to House of X two they talk about lives one through ten minus six. So they're all there and they're all in color. And because we haven't gotten to the point yet where Moira dies, we don't get that end of that timeline. I, I am I'm just I'm just extremely baffled by why life six is missing, but then I kind of figured that it could be a you know, it could be a misdirection thing. It could be it could be just because we haven't been shown it yet. Yeah. But I'm because thinking I'm thinking of the way life... he's been spelled, you know, doing this diagram. But my my kind of opinion was that because Life 6 is missing, we're very focused on that. But one of the comments that Destiny made in issue, what, issue uh, 2, issue 1 of Powers of X, Powers of 10? Um, uh, House of X. House of X, okay, House of sorry. X 2 is one with Destiny. Yeah, yes, only one yeah. with Destiny. Yeah. So in that, she says, uh, you've got 10, maybe 11 lives if you if you make the right choice. Yeah. So I think that there's a Life 11 missing from that diagram as well. Yes. Oh, uh, or because we're still going through and 10 is still going, the next one hasn't appeared yet. Which would then tie back into the idea that either they are putting some sort of life uh, likelihood function, you know, simulation going on, um, or life 10 really is just trying to perfect that, you know, perfect that timeline. Then she's got one more shot at it and then we can see, you know, life 11 being the kind of the ultimate, the ultimate life. Oh, it's complicated. I feel like I feel like I want to print out this whole timeline like a really big paper and just put it on my wall because yeah. it, it is pretty cool. But I, I just find it baffling. I think in the next House of X, we're going to find out where Moira is. I think that's going to be the thing that breaks our heart. Yeah, and um, it's either that or you know, or what Chuck's really up to. Yeah, or if it really is, it really is him. Because I, I, I've, I've got a couple of ideas now, and I'm kind of yes. like thinking. If it's the maker, he's really bad at disguises. But I'm thinking, could it be kind of like Cassandra Nova? Well, you know, I did notice that his body language is very feminine. A lot of people have said that. Um, you're, yeah, you're not the way he stands with his hands behind his back. Yeah, and the way his his, his feet are positioned. Yeah, you're not the first person to suggest that. Even the way he's saying goodbye to Scotty, almost I don't know what it is about. What he says, but it almost feels like a manipulative mom. Yeah, and you can kind of think. Well, I mean, there's there's a few things that it could be uh, Cassandra Nova. Could it be that um, you know? Could it be that Moira is actually it, a part of Cerebro? Cerebro, and he's been wearing Cerebro on his head the whole time. Yep. That that's where I'm leaning. You know, are they are they sharing consciousnesses? Because in theory, which would explain his weird blissed out state half the time. And it, and it could well he's be he's always that. got that weird smile on his face. He's creepy. Uh, it could well be that um, actually um, Moira did. Uh, I know it says if she faked her own death, but maybe she did actually die, and you know Charles saved her consciousness somehow. I, uh, I, the other thing is that also the cover for House of X issue four is um, as yeah. if she died, she would have started a new life. Yes, exactly. I and think we, she's still around somewhere. Yeah, but maybe, possibly plugged into Cerebro. Yeah, maybe she. I mean, does does the does the life reset if she becomes like brain dead or something? No. Well, she was in a coma and it did not reset. Yeah, 
in that case, could we assume that if her body still survives, she doesn't then get reborn? But that wouldn't, I guess that wouldn't make a huge amount of sense because if she gets reborn and she's kind of mindless, and that would be something that Charles Xavier would do, I think. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be. Uh, hopefully, it's not going to get too dark in the actual uh, final, or not final issue, the, the issue four. But I think also that Charles is going to try mind controlling a lot of people, um, especially when you look at like the preview cover for um, issue four. It just looks like everybody's under mind control. Let's see, House of X four. Yeah, House of X is just a fight scene. Let's see, powers. Yeah, it's it's um, Powers of X four. And funnily enough, what you will notice on the cover of Powers of X four is that you've also got the future. Powers X-Men. of ten. Powers of ten. We keep screwing up. They are, they are there, aren't they? Yep. And of course, you've got Charles Xavier on the front, but you've got people like uh, Nightcrawler, and then you've got the the Dane Polaris uh, hybrid. You've mm-hmm. got the you got what's her name um, Rasputin. You've even got what looks like a um, is that an ID? Is that a name? ID. Yeah, kind of. I, I think that's her name. Yeah. I- uh, you've got Nature Girl. Yeah, it's a very odd cover, but they all seem to be under under some sort of telepathy, uh, whatever you want to call it, under mind control. Then House of X obviously shows the team that got exploded beating everybody up. Again, there's no context for it. We know that it's going to happen. We just don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything anything else you want to go through? I don't think so. I'm just giving my notes a scan here. I think uh, I think that's all we got. <laughs> until our hearts are broke until our hearts are broken in uh the next issue yep so um so obviously next issue comes out on the fourth and then so what's the next one house of x issue four comes yep. out on wednesday powers of x issue four comes out the following wednesday the 11th um and then we'll probably have another episode for you around the 16th for house of x powers of x i think in the meantime we're going to try and record another proper episode next week uh, which isn't just us rambling about house and powers of x which <laughs> in comics good. we can actually understand yeah they're not they're not like overly complicated and stretch the yeah. mind although it's gonna sound awful but it is kind of frustrating at this point <laughs> <laughs> just at how much information we've got i mean we've got we've had six issues of this book and we still know barely anything and it's gonna be one of those books where we're gonna you're gonna be able to read it back uh, once you have all of the issues, you're going to be like, oh, there it is. Yeah, you put it there and you put it there. But I do find with Hickman, uh, again, I might go back and reread these books again from issue one. I do find with him that he puts in like the most quite obvious references in issue one, but you don't actually see where they're going until like issue 10. So I'm just. Uh, you know, there there was something I, uh, I noticed going back and rereading through all of them back when I thought that Moira might be part of Cerebro now. When uh, Mystique brings the data back to them, there's quite a bit of snark between her and Charles. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's helping your fellow mutant not enough. Again, it could go back to the fact that you, you, you thought it was for me. And, and again, that right before like, you killed me. Yeah, exactly. Is that is that not what you know she basically said before uh, killing? Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> That's kind of somewhere else we can go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the fact that she killed her in life free, and if it was uh, Moira in Charles's body, potentially she could be referencing back to that, uh, which would be quite a nice little, kind of call her out as a hypocrite, really. Yeah, so so normal episode next week, and then uh, more House of X goodness the couple of weeks after, I think. Um, feel free to contact us. You can go to Twitter, which is at AtalanRising1. Um or you can email us anything you want at the show at atalanrising.com. Um, we'll read all your 
all your emails, all your tweets. Um, and if you're as confused by House and Powers of X as us, then just just comment because we're baffled. So <laughs> all comments welcome. <laughs> so thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.